little touch pass there. Benson waiting, cuts in, he scores! Oh my! Into the middle, holding, back, Toporowski shooting, shot block, got it back, shot, score! Center of pass forward, of stop, shot, back to play, score! In front, Groove scores! Jaden Groove scores the triple overtime winner. Welcome into WHL Unfiltered. Uh, pleased to be joined by Bliss Littler, the general manager of the Wenatchee Wild, which is, and also joined by my co-host Sean Mullen from Swift Current. It's been uh, been pretty pretty eventful, um, you know, a few months out there. Wenatchee hasn't it, Bliss? Well, yeah, it has. Um, trying to to move a franchise from Winnipeg to Wenatchee, Washington, in a little over two and a half months. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing really in the uh, the Western Hockey League rules and regulations on on how you do it. Um, I don't recommend it, but uh, we're, we're excited to have a club here. We're excited to be part of the Western Hockey League. Um, we're excited to get going now. What What went through your mind the day you found out this was possible? I mean, you've been in the game a long time. You, you've coached and managed in several different leagues. When, when you were approached with this possibility, um, what were the first things that went through your mind as you kind of dealt with how you would take this task? Well, really, it started. It started uh, back the when COVID hit. That um, Bobby Brett in Spokane gave me a call, and uh, you know, we, he said, "Hey, why don't you come over here and bring your budgets, and we we can talk, and you know, maybe we can learn something from you guys, um, and maybe you can learn something from us." And so I did that. Went over, met with with him and uh, Mark Miles at the time. And um, then the following week I, I went over and I met with Bob Torrey and got some ideas from the Tri-City Americans. And, you know, it, at that point it, it kind of got me thinking that, boy, these one, knowing that we're right in the middle of the U S division. Um, and then looking at budgets that, boy, they're, they weren't that, uh, it wasn't drastically that different in, in, in some areas like uh, hockey operations. Um, we were spending or, or uh, travel, we were spending more money um, in the BCHL. So it kind of got you thinking a little bit. And, um, you know, with COVID, uh, the following year, we, when all the Canadian teams were kind of doing their pod seasons, that kind of stuff. Um, we had the, the U.S. kids who were playing in the Western League, or at least a decent amount, uh, meet us a couple of weekends over in Coeur d'Alene, um, and they, we played games. Uh, we, we mixed them in with, with uh, the Wenatchee Wild players, the BCHL players, because our guys, we couldn't get across the border. Uh, 
and so you know i started started uh dealing at that time with with a few more western league people now even when i was in the ushl i i knew of and i had relationships with a lot of the u.s teams um so you know just just over the next couple of years uh you know people started talking that when actually it'd be a good fit and you know we're really happy in the bchl um you know we're happy there uh but we're still an outlier that uh when the team was in the north american hockey league the team had to fly there are no there are no bus trips everything was a flight the team at that time was paying whenever a team came into place you'd buy 27 flights you'd pick the team up in uh seattle give them bus, ground transportation, back to Wenatchee, uh, give them 15 hotel rooms, and pay for all their meals. Um, so it was like every game you played was a road game because either you're paying for yourself on the road or the other team that was coming to play you. And, you know, none of those teams, you know, the closest team was actually Minot, North Dakota, and I think it's a little over 1,100 miles away. But we played in a division with Alaska, one year, one year we played uh, in a division with like Johnstown, New York. One year, then one year they put us in a division down in Texas. Uh, so it was it was kind of crazy. Um, it didn't make sense to be flying all over the place. And eventually, when the so BKHL so when Prince when Prince George complains when Prince George complains about travel, you can say, "Hey, you guys don't know anything about travel, really." Oh, oh for <laughs> yeah. sure. Like here, this is this is how it worked. We would we'd leave Wenatchee at 6 in the morning on Wednesday. We'd drive to the airport in Seattle. We'd fly out Wednesday. We'd practice wherever we were going uh, Thursday. We'd play Friday, Saturday. Then you'd either bus or fly to the next city on Sunday. You'd practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Play Friday, Saturday. Fly home Sunday. You'd do that seven times before playoffs. So our kids were missing 50 days of school. Um, now, for the most part, you didn't have many kids in high school uh, just be, because of that. And so when it, it worked out in the BCHL, which was much better, but we still, in the end, we still didn't have any rivalries. And now on the ice, you might have a rivalry, but our fans, like, other teams' fans, Penticton, really, they didn't travel here. Chilliwack didn't travel down here. You know, our fans didn't travel across the border. You know, maybe once a year you take a fan bus. But, um, you know, our, our second game of the year here, we played Seattle. And they had a group of almost 250 people, which that never happened. And so... All of a sudden, when this came up, you know, I guess it was probably last February when I think everybody saw the article in the Winnipeg paper um, about, you know, hey, this this could be their last hurrah here. And it listed a few places that it could move, and it also mentioned Wenatchee at the end of the story. Um, and I, I think the league just looked at Wenatchee as a place that it's pretty turnkey. That it's You know, you have a good building. Um, it's not an NHL building, but it's a good building. Um, we're right in the middle of the U.S. division. Uh, it's pretty turnkey that I, I think Wenatchee had a reputation of 
doing a lot of things right on and off the ice is is a uh, one of the better uh, franchises. Um, I, you know, I probably look at us and Penticton as the top two franchises uh, in the BCHL. And so I think that it was. Uh, I think that part was was pretty easy. Um, you know, from there, I guess it. You know, it went to. Uh, you know, the phone call in in like first week of June, and it happened like in a week. It was done. I mean, it was it was it was it was crazy how fast it happened. And I think when people ask why, well, it's the Western Hockey League. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the Western Hockey League. That's why, um, and it gives us a chance to have a bunch of rivalries. Where, when you think you're two hours and fifteen minutes to Tri City, two and a half to Spokane, two fifteen to Everett, two and a half to Seattle, a little more than four to Portland, a little more than four to uh, Kelowna, six hours to Kamloops, a little more than four to Vancouver. So, um, all of a sudden the travel becomes great. Uh, like we went from 41 hotel nights in the BCHL a year ago to 18 hotel nights in the Western hockey league. So, and that's with the schedule that they just kind of put us in the schedule is basically done and they just kind of plopped us in. So it'll probably be even better in the future. So, uh, you know, when we got that call and I thought, boy, early June, like, are are we serious? We're going to try this for this coming season. Um, I know, but between myself and Chris Clark, our associate head coach and assistant GM and, um, our, our sales and marketing staff, there weren't many days off this summer. Um, it was, it was a lot of work, a, a lot of fun work, um, a lot of learning that I've been, like I say, I've been in a you know, handful of different leagues and every league has its learning curve. And this is, this is no different. Uh, but we're, we're awful excited to be part of the league. Well, you, you mentioned that Blissey, you worked a lot of, a lot of places. I mean, you know, the, 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 the Topeka Roadrunners, you know, could have been a, could have been a thing. You could have built them and. <laughs> <laughs> into something special and then it didn't uh it didn't go that way but you know to, and and been in in Wenatchee for for some time and and you mentioned you know that your third different league with the same organization in the same building I mean that's a that's a really unique situation but you know I feel like that you know your experience you know in in the past with you know different organizations different leagues I mean I think you probably uniquely prepared for this as much as as much as no one was yeah, I, I think so. Um, like, the, and I'll tell you that the Western Hockey League, the the general managers and the owners, they have been nothing but helpful. It, it's it's been so refreshing that they they really mean it. That on the ice you battle, but off the ice you're partners, and that's been the case. That uh, when we've needed help, when we we had questions, there there are always many GMs and owners that would reach out and uh, help with whatever we needed to, to get things done. And, uh, um, you know, I, uh, I'm putting, I put a team together, a junior A team together in Billings, Montana in an expansion league and an expansion team. And the Topeka Roadrunners were in the USHL. That was an expansion team. 
Um, when I got out here, uh, I thought I was coming for one year and then I'd go back to the USHL or, or, or take a college job. And, um, we got here and wow, what a great community, good place to live. And, and then the owner decided he was moving the team. We're playing in the Robertson cup final down in Dallas. And he said, I'm going to, tomorrow I'm going to announce this team's being moved to Rio Grande Valley, Texas. And I said, well, okay. And then what day we're we going to announce the BCHL franchise. And he said, we're not get a falling out with the, the building owner and the, one of the mayors. And, um, all of a sudden he left it empty and it only took about a week and a new owner came in. I'll tell you the reason been here through the North American league, the BCHL and now the Western hockey league is for one reason. It's David white. that uh, is an owner. Um, grand slam. Like he's all about the players. It's he's all about doing things right and upping standards. And he's always wanted to be able to, um, you know, we've always said, uh, run the best franchise we can, regardless of what country we're in or what league we're in. Um, and so when this opportunity came up, uh, you know, we, we felt when it actually can do it, it's going to be a lot of hard work. We know that we know what we are. We know, we know that we're a small market club. Um, we know, uh, you know, the, the advantages that we have as far as travel, but we know we're a small market club that, uh, you know, there we have to operate that way, and um, we have to make good decisions. Kind of a unique situation uh, with the players, though, that you're bringing in a team that came off uh, a season where they were in the league final. Now, I know there's always a turnover in in junior hockey, but you know, not often when you're taking on a, a new franchise, it's a team that had that kind of on ice success. Uh, so how excited were you to to start from that base and what was your process, you know, when you're well, taking over an organization from, you know, from the ground floor for you guys that already has uh, an established track record of on ice success. So what was the process for you guys? Well, initially, initially it was, there was a, a whole bunch of excitement. And then I saw the draft board. And that tempered my excitement a little bit when I saw uh, the 2024 draft. Um, no picks until the seventh round. Uh, the 2025 draft, a fifth round pick. 2026, no picks until the seventh round. So that was, and that still is a, is is very concerning. Um, obviously. You know, those last two teams that Winnipeg had, they were built by being not great teams the last couple of years in Cranbrook um, where they got to draft some of those really high-end guys and and they got better and, you know, obviously they made a lot of trades and, uh, boy, I, we, we took our staff over and watched uh, game three of the Western Final in Seattle and that was that was a heck of a hockey club, um, but you know they again there's it was built uh, through the draft and built through a bunch of trades and uh, so we're awful excited about the players that potentially could return. Now I'd be a lot more excited uh, if Savoy and Benson were here, but you know you you definitely are, are pulling for those guys to make the make the club um, in Buffalo. 
but yeah, there's there are a lot of really nice pieces, um, really nice players that are here. Uh, but we also know that um, there are also a lot of holes to fill that uh, we're going to have to work really hard um, to do a great job at finding some players uh, later parts of the draft and making some good decisions uh, with some trades. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, a new a new reality for you at, at, at this level that, you know, I, I, in the in North American league, you're not losing guys to, to the Buffalo Sabres and hoping they come back. That's a, that's a thing that's, you know, a nice problem to have, but uh, you know, it's gotta be kind of, you know, sometimes you gotta be kind of shaking your head is, 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 is this, is this reality? Well, I get asked a lot because I spent the majority of my time in the USHL as a coach and I get asked a lot about what's the difference. Well, and obviously the USHL is a very good league. Um, a lot of players get drafted in that league. But the biggest difference is when a player's drafted, generally the next year the kid will go to the kid goes to college in the USHL. He doesn't come back and play another year for you. You don't have, and obviously you're not eligible once you sign a contract to go back and play in the USHL. But when, like when I saw Connor Geeky come back from camp, players like that are not in the USHL. Those players are already gone to college. Um, yeah, that that's something that is, it's it's new. Um, but boy, I think what a, what a great example when you get a kid a kid like Geeky back here, for him to show the sixteen and seventeen year olds how hard you got to work. So again, I get it. It's a it's a, it's a good thing. Um, and if, if, you know, Benson or Savoy make the club, you know, good for them. That's, that's what, uh, the league's here for is to move those players on. Um, probably not real great for Wenatchee, but, uh, it'd be great for those two guys. Well, and you mentioned good for the players, but I think probably good for your fan base too, as an introduction to what, what this league is about and why they should be excited about it. And you see a player like that. For sure. Um, for sure, the uh, we've had two home games, and our fans all I, since since the, that first weekend that we played at home, I've probably heard it a hundred times. They can't believe how quick and how big the players were. That uh, I think our fan base is really excited, and, and you know that weekend they didn't see uh, Geeky, but uh, they were awful awful impressed with the play of. Uh, the Wild and and the in the and the two other teams. Now, you mentioned it being a different league, uh, and sort of the elephant in the room for you guys uh, the, the last month or so. I mean, you brought in a coach that had experience in that league, which should help with the transition. Things didn't work out. Uh, can you sort of take us through your perspective on what happened with Kevin Constantine and where you guys are at now? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, uh, we're playing. We're playing uh, Seattle, and um, the the commissioner is actually in town. Uh, this is what uh, September twenty third, and I just met with him, uh, and he gives me a call, asks me to come see him, and I, I, I kind of do, and um, he tells me that uh, hey, there is a 
there's a, a report um, about your coach. And he says, uh, this is how these things, how they work. He goes, I'll give you a call tomorrow. They'll put this committee together, uh, this advisory committee. They'll, they'll do all the investigating. Um, but he goes, I'll give you a call tomorrow and, and give you a rundown on, on what this looks like. So, um, at that point, uh, you know, I, I did what he told me to do. He said, Hey, I'll give you a call tomorrow. And he gave me a call on Sunday and he said, uh, they feel it's a, a credible, uh, report, um, credible complaint. Uh, you you need to let Kevin know that he's suspended indefinitely right now in, until this is, this investigation is done. Um, He's to have no contact with you, your staff, or the players. Okay, so I call uh, my I call Chris Clark, who's our associate head coach, and I ask him today, "This is what's been reported." He said, "Well, he goes, the music was really loud, and it, was, it wasn't good music." But he goes, "I I wasn't in there." I call the other assistant coach and I asked Sarzi. I said, "Did you hear this?" And he said, "Yeah, but this is." He goes, "Is more like a." Tell him, hey, we can't do this. So I, I have to call Kevin. I tell him, and um, what Kevin told me was, uh, you have a meeting at 4:30. About 4:15, he is walking through the locker room, and he uh, he didn't like the music that was being played. Um, it had the had the N word in it a whole bunch, and he repeated it three, four times, and he, and he said, "Is this the type of?" music we're going to be listening to, to that effect. Okay. Um, but he did tell me that he did say that word and you know, it's, it's super unfortunate because I, I do think he was probably trying to make it like a teachable moment, but he definitely should not have. There's no place for that word, any place. Um, I wish the, I wish people didn't listen to that music. I wish they didn't make that kind of music, but you know, the kids like the beat or whatever it is. And, um, so, I end up uh, meeting with the kids on Monday morning and told them what I had to tell Kevin. I said the legal do the they'll do the investigation. Your guys, your hockey players, um, that uh, you know you're going to play hockey and uh, the league will do what they have to do. So the players went on, and I said when I have something to report, I'll, I'll get back to you. Um, about a week and a half later, we have, uh, our league meeting, uh, uh, governor's meeting up in Calgary. And at that point I was, I was told that, uh, that what the suspension would be. And, um, so I, I called Kevin on Wednesday and I told him the suspension from the league. And I told him that I'd be talking with ownership, um, and I get back to him in the next day or two when I when I get back to Anachi. And at that point, obviously, if you can't coach, we have to have a coach. And so, um, and also we had to we had to terminate Kevin. Uh, and then we had to start looking for for a new coach. Um, and at this time of year, I, I think uh, most people have jobs. Um, so I think we're very fortunate to find a guy like Roy Summers that that uh, has the experience that he does and um, was willing to, to come in. So, so that's, uh, 
that's how I understand it. That's what I know. Um, and, uh, you know, I know the wild are, are definitely ready to move on. Yeah, definitely put you and your entire organization at a, you know, in a pretty tight spot and uncomfortable situation trying to deal with, I mean, like we'd, we'd already been talking about for some time here on, on this show, you already had enough things to, to, to deal with without, you know, two games into the season having to figure out what's going on with the, you know, there's certain un- uncertainty with the coach and then, and then the ax fell and, you, and, you know, you start a new search. I mean, that had to be, you know, diff- it, it, you know, too, too many irons in the fire all at once. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, it's, I'm glad you came out on either side. Yeah. You, you know what? Um, obviously it's, it, it's, it's a bad situation and it's just the, the times that we live in that, uh, you know, we got to get rid of that word somehow. And I, I, I certainly wish that the musicians would quit putting in their songs, but, uh, you know, we, we, we just got to quit using that word and, um, you know, we got to, you know, teach our kids that, Hey, that's not acceptable music in our locker room. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just how it is that, it, uh, it's just not acceptable, it's not acceptable in the league. It's not acceptable in Wenatchee. And, um, like I say, it's, uh, it wasn't a good situation for sure. One one thing you can say though, and not necessarily related just to this situation, but you know when you're talking to to parents about there being a process in place for players to express concerns and you know be heard, I mean it's a good example that there is a process in the league that allows for that, right? So if if you ever have a player or a parent or whatever that is concerned about anything, I mean we've seen that that process can play out and that they do have an opportunity. To, to express how they feel uh, in certain scenarios. So it, I, I guess it says something about uh, players being heard in, in those situations. Yeah. yeah, you know, hockey, I think it's a, I, I think hockey gets a bad rap that, yes, we, we do have our, our situations in hockey, but I, I think it's society in general that whether, whether you're in the United States or Canada, that, um, you know, there, there are issues and it's, it's not just hockey. It's, it's, it's in every walk of life that, um, you know, I just think hockey gets a bad rap, uh, but no doubt that we have our issues in hockey, but there's, there's issues in every walk of life and that doesn't make it right or right. And that, that it happens other places, but, uh, you know, we all just have to do better. You know, but that's a, that kind of transitions to that, you know, I've always found it interesting that in the last couple of years you've settled into a, a, a strictly general manager role, whereas, you know, you wore both hats, you know, coaching hockey for a long time. And, you know, a guy like you that's been, you know, a, a hockey coach for, you know, your whole life, essentially, you know, I, one, what was it like to transition out of coaching and, and, and into, uh, you know, general manager role specifically? And then, you know, I kind of wondered if if you were going to go behind the bench when uh, when you needed a coach. No, I actually I had to step down. Um, I had I wasn't I I was just I wasn't able to sleep. Um, and here in Wenatchee, we I, a lot of people don't know that. Besides the Wild, we also have a U eighteen team that's in the Canadian Sports School League. 
We have a U-17 in the sports school league that are billet programs. And then we have a, we have a U-16 and a U-14 weekend-only model um, that uh, Troy Mick, long-time, long-time BCHL and Western League coach, uh, he he runs those programs for us, but I you know I oversee he's a, them. He's a great coach too. Yes, he is. In a, he's a great coach and a better person. That um, our our organization is better because he's part of it. Um, and so we and, and I you know I oversee the business part, and so I just had I had too much going on, um, and it was just time. It was it was it was time um, where I could. Kind of, I could mentor some coaches a little bit, and um, you know, it was it was time for me to to step away, and I had to get something off my plate that I wasn't able to sleep, and eventually, they figured it out that I, you know, I just had too many things going on. I wasn't able to to shut things off at night, and um, you know, so I had I had a little health scare there, but um, you know, it took uh, a few months, and I got healthy, and um, you know, I, I've been feeling good the last three and a half, four years. Uh, real excited about what I get to do now. And, um, yeah, my, my, uh, you know, my focus right now is, is to, uh, get Wenatchee, um, to a point that, uh, we're a very good organization on and off the ice that, that we become a destination, uh, where players, they want to be drafted, that they want to come to Wenatchee, that it's, it's got a small, hometown feel to it that, uh, you know, we, we got to prove ourselves. We, we got to, we got to prove ourselves every day and, um, show that, uh, that we, we do a good job with, with the billeting, with the business that, that we're a player's first team, that the players come first and we do those things. Uh, players going to want to be here. And, um, you know, that's, that's my focus right now is, is making sure that the the business end is looked after and the hockey end is looked after and uh, we get the right people in the right positions and just right now is definitely not a, a time for me to to change paths. Yeah, and you you know too much too much stress and so then uh, the clear the answer is to to move a team and with no draft picks and go through what we just you know talked about with uh, you know having to hire two coaches and you know that's uh, that that seems to be a pretty pretty stress-free environment there <laughs> yeah that's it's not it's not the way uh, you would draw it up um, but if everything is perfect we wouldn't have a franchise it'd still be in it'd still be in Winnipeg so like we didn't go in and steal Winnipeg, Winnipeg's franchise. Um, you know, the, the league ended up coming to us that things weren't working for whatever reason. And, you know, we we're the beneficiary of that. Um, but yeah, you know, along the way, you know, there's a, there's a few things in there. Yeah. There's the prospects that are down the road a little bit. A lot of the better ones have been traded. And um, obviously everybody knows about the draft picks being traded. So, we have some work to do, but I think it's a challenge that uh, we're all looking forward to. I know we have limited time with you here, Bliss, but I, I want—I I know I've heard so many good things about the community. People that go to Wenatchee fall in love with it and stay. You mentioned you're only going to go for a year, and, and you've stayed as long as you have. <clears throat> I've heard other stories. I mean, the late Don West is an example. But but what is it about Wenatchee that inspires that kind of loyalty and passion? 
and that you think will do the same as you introduce it to players and families and people around the Western Hockey League? Well, you know, I think early on, uh, when the, when the, the franchise started, I, I think that, uh, you know, they've, they've had, they've had good coaching and Paul Baxter to John Buchanan to you know, to, to, uh, to, to Chris Clark and, um, you know, so they've had good coaching. They've done, they've done a lot of good things. They've had a lot of success on the ice, which always makes it easier. But I think when people get here that uh, there's good fan support for sure. You have a, you know, a nice building that's about four, a little bigger than 4,000, um, you know, good climate. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a nice place to live. You know, I guess that's, the best way it's a nice place to live a lot of good people here and um you know i think when kids get here they uh they generally like it it's not very often you have a kid that comes in and says that they want to be moved it's uh it's it's more comfortable than say Kearney, nebraska just to pull a place out of the out, out, of, out of the air <laughs> you know what i really like Kearney, nebraska but yeah it's uh it's a it's a beautiful place and um you know in in uh Kearney, Nebraska when I was looking to get a house, the realtor walked by this the uh sliding door. He looked out the window and I heard him like he he goes, you know, he took this big deep breath and he said, Ah, that's beautiful. I had to stop, I looked back. It was a wheat field. Or I'm sorry, a cornfield. So, you know what, wherever you're at, that's God's country to those people and um, I, I learned that a, a long time ago in my, I guess the path that I've crossed coaching that wherever you're at, uh, you know, that's where you're at and, and become part of the community. But boy, yeah, I, when you look at the scenery and, uh, what's here in, in Wenatchee, it's, it's tough to beat it. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have, uh, any other, you know, kind of closing thoughts you want to touch on bliss on the, on the way out the door here? You know, we're, we're excited. Um, that's, you know, the big thing here is we're excited. Uh, come, we'll, we, we go to Tri-City tomorrow. That'll be eight in a row on the road and um, be fun to, to get back here and, and start playing uh, some home games. We've, we've been pretty dinged up. Uh, by the weekend, we'll, we'll be getting closer to a, a fuller team, uh, minus the uh, Savoy um, and Benson. So, Again, we, we expect that the winds will start coming, and uh, we like our group right now. I love it. Well, we'll uh, you know, I had a lot of other things I wanted to, to touch on some of some of your players, some you know, more your your history in the in the USHL, and whatnot. But we'll just have to uh, let's have circle back around and have you on again here later in the year, maybe. Okay, that would be great. I appreciate you having me on, guys. All right. Th- yeah. Thanks for your time, Bliss. Thank you, thank you so much. Okay. Bye, Chad. Bye, Sean. Bye, Bliss. Take care.